The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Each week, the Pet Buzz provides the latest news and information on how to keep your pets healthy and happy so you can save money and have a fulfilling relationship together. Now, here's your Pet Buzz hosts, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Hey, you're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Hey, this week, I want to give our pet loving friends in Amarillo, Texas, a shout out. They listen to our show on KGNC 710 AM and KGNC 97.5 FM. We love you all, Texans. So what do you say? If you want to go big, go to Texas. So, you know, each year we like to highlight a variety of celebrations, including February's Black History Month. And I I found some information about top dogs for African-Americans on a site called ELEV8.com. And I want to share it with you guys. After polling their users and checking out some various dog owner surveys, they listed the top 10 pooches preferred by African-Americans households. So I thought this was interesting. Number 10, they said, was a Boston Terrier. Still very popular, and it's 21 on the AKC list. Okay. Number nine, they said, was a pug, which is number 21 on the AKC list. They had number eight as a Yorkie, which is number 12 on the AKC popular list of dogs, which they've been publishing every year. They had a Rottweiler, number seven, which is actually comparable to that AK American Kennel Club list that they put out every year. That was number eight. They had a Bulldog as number six, which is number five on the AKC list. Now they had a Chihuahua, right? That was number 34 on the on the list. A Boxer, which was in the fourth place for ownership of by African-Americans, 14 on the AKC list. Number three was a Doberman, which in turn is 18th on the list. Number two is a lab. I'm not really surprised by that because the lab is the number one dog, which has been for the last 30 years. So that makes sense to me. Number one was the pit bull, which is not really a breed, but a term used in the United States for a type of dog descended from bulldogs and terriers. The breed really is a Heterogeneous grouping that includes American Pit Bull Terriers, American Staffordshire Terriers, American Bullies, Staffordshire Bull Terriers, and occasionally the American Bull. And a lot of these crossbreeds have certain, as you know, physical characterizations. So what do you think about that, Dr. Fleck? I'm just trying to reflect in in my practice now what what I see without any truly recorded statistics. Right. But... Uh, looking at that list, if you could bring that list back to me. Sure. Um, I would I would agree. Number one in my practice is pit bulls. Uh-huh. Um, number two in, in would be chihuahuas. Okay. Uh, number threes would be Yorkies. Uh-huh. And then everybody else would be after that. You know, it's there's that many of the f- top three breeds well, that I you know, just I, mentioned. I look at it this way. Number one, if you do go to a shelter like a lot of Americans mm-hmm. do, they don't have to be white Americans, black Americans, or any other Americans, we're going to find a lot of pit bulls in shelters throughout the country because mm-hmm. that's going to be your number one dog. And like uh, like the description, uh, pit bulls are a combination of a lot of yes. 
dogs. So I'm not surprised by that. I'm actually, you know what? I think at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter because it just kind of goes to show you all Americans love dogs, no matter what their race, their creed, their ethnicity and their sexes. Right. Well, what's interesting about this is that you gave a, a peck order. Of, sure. And and I kind of see that same reflection of what I talk, my top three breeds that I see with everybody, whether they're they're black, white, uh, yellow or, or brown, uh, whether they're males or females. The tough ones, of course, is the big dogs that the female can't control. It's always tough for every veterinary practice. But uh, and so some of the pit bulls can can be in that category. But um, I don't think that there's really any um, any any priorities from uh, any of the racial overtones. No, I mean, it's funny, I think, because you have one practice that does have a larger you have a practice in Miami, which does have. Uh, a large percentage of Hispanic Americans, as well as your discount practice. You do have a smaller percentage of Hispanics. And, you know, you've talked about you've told me that you have a lot of Chihuahuas, right? Absolutely. But you also have a lot of Yorkies, a lot of Shih Tzus. So it really, you know, it's funny because I I brought this up because I think that, um, you know, sometimes we look at the breakdowns Mm -hmm. of how various people vote or how various people dress or what various people buy. But at the end, it doesn't really make a difference. We're just kind of we're all we're always, always interested in demographics. Demographics make the world go round. Demographics count in terms of color. They count in terms of money. Brands look at them. But really, for us, it doesn't make a difference because we find that all people love dogs. All people love all dogs. Americans it, love dogs. And it upsets me at any particular time that they try to politicize them. If they ever do, that's not a good thing to yeah, do. Yeah, you can't really politicize dogs. Yeah. So you want to stick around with us because a little later in today's show, we're going to be talking with Emily Lewis, managing attorney of the Animal League Defense Fund, about national justice for Animals Week. And of course, we have our regular features, celebrity pet buzz, flex facts, Charlotte's I likey of the week, global pet news. And tell me something good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. With today's Pet Buzz Now, here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that February is Pet Dental Health Month? I'll share about it with you next. According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Epi-Pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. Many pet parents don't know that dogs by the time they're three and cats by the time they're four are already suffering from pet dental health problems. So ask yourself, does your pet's breath stink? Does your dog or cat have yellow teeth? What about red swollen gums? Does he paw at his mouth or have an aversion to eat his morning or evening meal? If the answer to these questions is yes, you need to schedule a vet appointment to tackle Fido and Felix's pet dental problems immediately. Be advised that poor dental health can cause kidney, heart, as well as other pet health ailments. Now that you're aware of the importance of pet dental care, develop an oral care strategy. 
Start by buying an appropriate size toothbrush for a dog or cat. Use a small, soft-sided toothbrush for cats, small and medium-sized dogs. And for big dogs, a large, soft bristle toothbrush. Cats can be difficult when it comes to cleaning their teeth. You might have a better chance with Q-tips. And don't forget the flavored pet toothpaste. Human paste is a no-no as it's flavored with xylitol, a sweetener which is toxic for our pets. An oral care plan can help keep your pet happy and healthy as well as save you big bucks. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed, and that's your pet buzz now. More tips and possum insight on our social media and thepetbuzz.com. The Pet Buzz, enhancing the bond between pets and their people. Brace yourselves for big news. We're going to the place where all the action is. It's time for Pet Buzz Celebrity Pet News. The most sensational news. Fantastic. I'm so excited. You, you, you ready? Here's pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. More news about Britney Spears. Not only did she get a $15 million book deal with Simon & Schuster, there's a huge bidding war. But the singer has also expanded her family again. If you recall, prior to Valentine's Day, the pop star introduced on Instagram followers and friends to a new dog, a tan and white Australian shepherd with these big blue eyes. The puppy's name is Sawyer, and she found him in Maui. I'm assuming that is Hawaii. So if you recall, probably this was maybe six weeks ago. It wasn't even it was really less than two months. She got another dog she was gifted with a dog a doberman from her fiance whose name was portia while in her post britney praised her new puppy sawyer as a potty training pro i love that (laughs) i'm sure her fans and followers were like britney give us advice give us advice because potty training i think is one of the hardest things you that and teaching your dog to come which church has got under control really well anyway but here's the thing she provided us with a little tidbit a little nibble that she got a cat, too, that's going to be introduced on Instagram at a later date. So I don't know about you guys. I don't know if I'm going to be buying Britney's new book, but (laughs) I got to tell you, I'm really interested in the fact that she's got a cat. Mm -hmm. With all of her pet canines. With Portia, Mm -hmm. the Doberman, Doberman. and the Australian Shepherd, Mm -hmm. who will probably be herding the cat around. But we all know that the cat will probably rule the pack. Yeah, probably a white fluffy little thing. It would be pretty cool. Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. ThePetBuzz.com. So, your dog has stinky breath, and as much as you would like to brush your pet's teeth to freshen their breath and care for their mouth, it can really be a pain. Let's face it, they squirm, they try to get away, and they gag on the pet toothbrush. Wouldn't you like an easier solution? Well, Tevra Brand's Twist and Lick Oral Gel is the answer to hassle-free canine mouth care. Use a Twist and Lick once a week. All your dog has to do is lick the chicken-flavored ingredients right off the top of the product container. Featuring prolonged technology, the active ingredients are time-released to combat tartar and plaque, freshen breath, and whiten teeth. 
to provide your pooch with a healthier mouth and you with an easier dental care session, Teva Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Teva Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. You know, Dr. Flack, the Animal Legal Defense Fund's National Justice Animal Week is an annual event dedicated to raising public awareness around crimes committed against animals. And, you know, every single day when we open up a website or we read the newspaper, it's amazing how many crimes are committed against Hmm. animals. And, you know, we just see a part of it, the ones in our community. We don't see the national crimes that are going on. And also we're so pet focused. We don't really see what's going on in slaughterhouses or on ranches or anything like that. Correct. And joining us today to talk about raising public awareness around the crimes that are committed against animals is Emily Lewis, the managing attorney at the Animal League Defense Fund. Emily, greetings and welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you so much for having me. We are so happy to have you here with us today because this is an important topic to discuss. So I think I'll start with the first question. Emily, what does the Animal Legal Defense Fund want us to learn during this National uh, Justice for Animals Week? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. And I think the most important thing we want people to know is that animal cruelty is a crime, like you said, against all types of animals in all states. And we want the public to know Uh, that if they witness animal cruelty, they should report animal cruelty. We also want the public to feel empowered to help strengthen the laws in their state to protect animals. And finally, we wanted to acknowledge and highlight the professionals who are working every day to uh, fight for justice on behalf of animal victims. You know, so many times I find, and I'm sure you've come across this, Dr. Fleck, from all of your years as practicing as a veterinarian, a lot of these animal abusers do not get the time they deserve. Yeah, that's correct. I remember when I had to testify against those when I was representing the county um, and we'd go to court and uh, they were ruled guilty. And then the, the, the sentencing was pretty lenient for, for the offenses that were done. And what was more disappointing is that as I've been around for, longer period of time when I saw those same people years later come back to the court system again. That was always disappointing to me. Sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, we had a situation in my neighborhood where somebody had, I guess their father owned a house. It was foreclosed upon and an older son, I'm going to say, you know, over 30 was taking care of four or five animals and a neighbor actually reported it to the police because she saw animals in the window, but she never saw any cars. And and then a few of us in the neighborhood got involved and literally it took them. I'm going to say five or six weeks to get the animals out with repeated visits, calling. Nobody was home. I mean, and then eventually they came and they took the animals out one night and then probably like three or four months later, the guy was out like at his house. 
I mean, those animals were a lot and two of them actually died. They were really sick. Yeah, it's horrible. But I suspect that just proving it from my experience, just proving cruelty is a very difficult thing to do. That, that's correct, Emily. Yeah, there are a lot of different factors that come into play. But like you mentioned, veterinarians are so crucial to these cases and are very important in bringing the evidence to bear in these cases. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I'm like we said, we're so glad you're here to talk about this. Yeah. And again, just another comment. Again, you know, it seems like the criminal justice system today, we have some issues with maybe uh, the approach that the judges are in their sentencing, et cetera. And I think that that to me has been one of the weaknesses in getting this under control. But that's my personal opinion. I think it also has a lot to do. I mean, I think during COVID and also certain judges obviously have what they would consider priorities, which are not necessarily our priorities. I know when in our community, Judge Bob Farnsworth was always held animal abusers accountable and not. And we really haven't seen anybody in our community um, other than Congressman Vern Buchanan, who actually helped pass animal rights legislation, as you know, because we had him on the show recently. Right. Okay, I'm sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Ask your question. Well, you Emily. know, each year the event features an animal whose experience with the justice system illustrates the law's power to help animals. OK, so who is your spokes animal this year? And can you tell us a story? Yes, this year's spokes animal is Sam the Ram. He was a part of a case out of Washington state that involved more than 50 animals of different species who were found to be malnourished and not being provided proper husbandry. And so they were removed from the property and the individual who was caring for them was charged with animal cruelty. Samuel was very malnourished, very thin. And um, as he gained weight, his overgrown horns were restricting his neck movement and causing abrasions on his neck. And so he needed additional veterinary care in order to uh, remedy that situation for him uh, so that his horns were an appropriate length that weren't going to prohibit him from moving his head around. So he is now happy and healthy and looking for his forever home. But he really does put a face to the outcome that so many people in this profession are striving for with these cases. You know, it's interesting because every year I'm always looking forward to seeing who the spokesperson mm-hmm. is for the campaign because every year it's different. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember one year in the past, um, there was a horse. I can't remember the horse's name. Maybe that was two years ago. Justice, I think. Yes. Yeah, Justice. I remember that. And that was a really interesting case. So I'm I'm glad Emily was here to talk about Sam and, and Sam's particular case. What happened to, um, I guess, the owner of the farm that he was on? Um, that person was, like I said, charged and held accountable for those animals that were neglected. Is he in jail now? And, or what was his <laughs> sentence? I'm just kind of curious. That person is prohibited from owning animals and is being overseen uh, sort of in a probationary way. And really, I'll just say from our perspective, you know, we're looking at sentencing on behalf with the animal's interest in mind. And we really are proponents of that possession ban being a part of the sentence because that's going to protect the animal from future harm, that victim animal. And our legislative department is working on increasing the states that have that as part of their sentencing law. You know, that's, um, I think that's 
I think that's great. The, you know, it, I hate to say this because when, as you were saying that, you know, it came to mind, actually, Michael Vick. Mm. If you can recall Dr. Fleck and mm. as well as Emily, there was a picture of Michael Vick helping his daughter at the table. And then there was the telltale sign, a box of milk bones on the table. So we knew that there was a dog in his household. So I think it's really important, like for this particular case in Sam the Ram, there was some oversight, you know, double checking that person and making sure they're living up to their sentence restrictions. You know, I'm curious uh, with with COVID right now, with people's anxiety being at a higher level, are you seeing an increased number of cases? There are an increased number of cases involving um, domestic violence and child abuse, as well as animal cruelty, those crimes tend to co-occur. And over COVID, we did see an increase nationally in domestic violence concerns and child abuse concerns. And because we know they co-occur with animal cruelty, we do believe there is likely an increase in that as well. We're up against a break. So Emily, hang on with us and, and come back and we'll pick up the conversation in our next segment. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. www.epi-pet.com EpiPet is another proud partner of the Pet Buzz. I want to be a contender. I want a warm belly to sleep on. A big house. How do I look? Do do I look good? I want to play hard. My nails done. Once a month. I want. I want. I want a home. I just want a home. I want someone to love. Last year, more than 30,000 companion animals came to us without homes. 20,000 of them were felines. Let's make some homes. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. We're back on the Pet Buzz with Emily Lewis, the managing attorney at the Animal Legal Defense Fund, discussing how we can help animals in need, animals that have suffered from crime specifically. You know, a lot of times I think, you know, we always talk about so much health and wellness information. And a lot of times people, I think, shy away from animal abuse as a topic because, you know, they see the commercials on television. But it's really, really important to discuss it in a very calm way because it exists in pretty much all communities everywhere. And it goes hand in hand, like Emily said, with these other crimes. So it's important to be able to talk about it because once you talk about it, then it's a lot easier to recognize. So additionally, the annual week of awareness highlights Americans top animal defenders, which includes a list of prosecutors, judges, law enforcement officials, animal rescuers, lawmakers, animal legal advocates, um, which I think are are really cool. I want want to ask you another question about that, as well as other people who champion the cause of animal victims. Can you share a few names with us and tell us who these superheroes are and, um, and where they're located? Yes, I'm definitely happy to do that. And it really does demonstrate how many different people it takes to successfully resolve these
cases of animal cruelty. Um, we have a veterinarian, Dr. Susan Norris, who's in Illinois, who whose reports in these cases, her forensic veterinary reports, um, brought investigations to a new level in her jurisdiction and in more than one occasion revealed domestic violence that was co-occurring in those cases. There's a prosecutor, Alyssa Rabolinsky, also out of Illinois, who um, pushed for a comprehensive investigation into a kennel fire that also uncovered um, not only foul play with the arson, but this treatment of the dogs even prior to the fire. Um, and finally, there's a um, Stephanie Kendrick, who is the public policy um, person for the Hawaiian Humane Society, and she helped pass three really important laws this past year, one having to do with dog tethering, one that made sexual assault of an animal a crime. Hawaii was one of the few states that did not have that on the books. And finally, a law requiring veterans to report animal cruelty and provide them protection, liability protection when doing so. I think that's really key. So, you know, it's not only people in, like neighbors, but veterinarians, if they suspect right. somebody is. It has to be reported. It has to be reported. Do you call the police or do you call animal services? Who would you call, Emily? It's really important to find out who in your area is the entity who is investigating those cases. But usually it will be law enforcement because they are animal cruelty is a crime. OK, so that's good to know. You know, so it's a good idea if you suspect, call the police. This is a great topic and it's just it's a it's, it's an important. Topic. It's an important topic. How can our listeners how can they help? What actions can they take to raise awareness? about animal crimes and victims in the area and reporting, just like we've tried to have some conversation about already. Sure. Yeah. Uh, first, what your listeners can do is familiarize themselves with their the laws in their state about animal cruelty and what's required to care for an animal, what protections they have, and then have a plan for if you do witness animal cruelty or you learn about it in your community, who, who are you going to report to? And you can sign up for action alerts through the Animal Legal Defense Fund website that can notify you when we need help from the public and how you can provide that. Um, also, you can just raise awareness in general by submitting letters to your local paper or um, just areas that are going to draw attention to the fact that animal cruelty is a crime. It can have other vulnerable victims involved and that your jurisdiction should take it seriously. It's really important. You know, it's funny because I was thinking about an animal cruelty case. It didn't happen in this country, but it just recently happened with a soccer player uh, who was at his house with friends and he kicked his cat. You know what I'm talking about, Emily, right? And uh, one of his dopey friends <laughs> posted the video online mm. and there was a complete call to action. I mean, the Papers were involved internationally. The soccer community called him out, as well as, you know, various animal rights advocates in Europe. And then not only did it put pressure on him, it put pressure on his team because they continue to allow him to play. And then because he was still in the game, sponsors decided they wanted to take out because no one wants to be associated 
was such atrocious. I don't even want to call it bad because it's beyond bad behavior. Nobody wants to be associated with such bad, atrocious behavior. And I think it's important because it's like we talked about earlier. Generally, studies have shown animal cruelty goes hand in hand with other issues. It usually starts young, right, Emily, with specifically with boys when they're what? anywhere between five and 12 years of age? Um, they're learning a lot of different factors that can come into play in the, the spectrum of animal cruelty from neglect and abuse is, is so broad. It's really, um, you kind of have to be looking out for it everywhere with every, everyone just being aware of it in general, I think is good. Yeah. Well, I think there's, like you say, there's new definitions of animal cruelty too, because of the genuine care that we're supposed to be providing for our, our pets at home as part of the family. So there may be some new definitions of what animal cruelty might be defined as, as we move along. And I also think that, you know, we live in a more open time where maybe certain things that people did 20 years ago, that was, that wasn't, they weren't talked about or 30 or 40 years ago weren't talked about. They might've been whispered, but it, they weren't brought to the forefront because people thought they were quote unquote indecent. Um, that's one of the things that Emily talked about, like having sex with animals. I mean, people knew it existed, but they never really talked about it. Now we talk about it. Now it's in the papers. So it's more commonplace to see that, not to necessarily see that crime, but to see it talked about or reported about correct emily yes definitely drawing that attention to it and making it um like you said more talked about is is helpful for sure in protecting against it or something even more common like when i first was in practice dogs were tethered outside they had dog houses we see very very little of that going on now if it does go on that's more in line with animal cruelty by definitions today versus what it was 30, 40, 50 years ago when I went into practice. Sure. So that's what I mean about the changing in our society, our interpretation of how they're close to us. The pets are part of our, our family, part of us and how they're treated or expected to be treated more as we would treat our children. Yeah, I think that's a good point. It's like doghouse laws. You know what I mean? Now we have doghouse laws in, in yeah. numerous states. I know New York was one of the last. Well, I shouldn't say the last, but it was it was expected. It was didn't happen right away. And especially in a state like New York, where there's such a high concentration of animals. So, yeah, I mean, I think these are all good points. And I guess it's kind of like I said, I think it's something that um, we have to be aware of. We have to. Um, recognize not only us, but our veterinarians or anybody who's in the animal industry uh, be aware of. And like anything else, it's like my favorite line. It's outside my house. If you see something, say something, right? Emily, you got a tough job. I'm really glad that you're there to do it, though. Thank you so much. And thank you for highlighting this topic. We love the Animal Legal Defense Fund. They do mm -hmm. so much for animals and the people there work so hard. You know, Emily mentioned the other advocates for animals, but the Animal Legal Defense Fund staff works very, very hard highlighting these issues. So we want to thank you all. 
and especially you, Emily, for visiting <laughs> with us today and talking about a subject that animal lovers need to learn more about as well as take action. So before you go, can you give us your website? Yes, it's ALDF.org. Well, everyone, that was Emily Lewis, the managing attorney at the Animal Legal Defense Fund, discussing how we can help animals in need, animals that have suffered from crime specifically. We at the Pet Buzz encourage you to learn more about this organization. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. So your dog has stinky breath and as much as you would like to brush your pet's teeth to freshen their breath and care for their mouth, it can really be a pain. Let's face it, they squirm, they try to get away and they gag on the pet toothbrush. Wouldn't you like an easier solution? Well, Tevra Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel is the answer to hassle-free canine mouth care. Use a twist and lick once a week. All your dog has to do is lick the chicken-flavored ingredients right off the top of the product container. Featuring prolonged technology, the active ingredients are time-released to combat tartar and plaque, freshen breath, and whiten teeth. To provide your pooch with a healthier mouth and you with an easier dental care session, Tevra Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. Now you know what your dog feels like waiting for you to go on your daily walk. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz. Enhancing the bond between pets and their people. That's the way it has to be because that's the way I like it. It's genius. I like it. I love it so much. I like it. It's to die for. I like it. So my likey of the week is save the Manatee Club, which was founded in 1981 by Bob Graham, former Florida governor and U.S. senator and singer and songwriter, one of your favorites, Dr. Fleck, Jimmy Buffett. Absolutely. The club was started uh, with the minute uh, with the mission to protect manatees and their habitat. So today, Save the Manatee Club is the world's leading manatee conservation organization. And I guess this is why it's really become my I like you of the week. So there's been a grim prediction for Florida manatees. It's come to pass. More manatees died in the first half of 2021. 841 manatee deaths. I wasn't even aware of that one. I know it's the states. It's like it's a it's a historical number. So so many people are moving to my state from all over the country for the life, what they think is going to be fun and sun. But they need to raise recognize their impact on the environment as well as other environmental issues that exist here. Pollution, boating accidents, as well as toxic algae blooms are what's really killing these manatees. So I encourage all Florida animal lovers to adopt a manatee with Save the Manatee Club. It's twenty five dollars. Uh, We had a manatee named Elaine. I think we're going to adopt her again. We spent the $25 and adopted Elaine. And this program efforts help protect manatees and their habitats. Unlike other adoptions, animal adoption programs, the manatees in this particular program are real. They're living manatees with known histories. For me, it's a manatee because I live in Florida. But really, I encourage you to help any endangered species where you live. 
Absolutely. And it's wonderful. And I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because of the obvious impact on the environment with all the new inhabitants that are coming to Florida. And it really is affecting the environment as a practitioner and all of us practitioners in Florida are recognizing more uh, sicker animals that are coming in from that toxic algae bloom. It's just right. happening more down here. And part of that has to do with the population growth. It's funny, too, because when we say the term deforestation, you know, we think of places where the forest is being taken down from yeah. civilization. That's happening here in Florida just as we move away from the well, coast. I think it's happening in other places, too. I mean, you think about states like Tennessee, where our listeners can mm -hmm. listen to us. People are moving to Tennessee. People are moving to Texas. Now, a lot of that is motivated by beautiful country, mm -hmm. uh, warmer weather, but it's also motivated by no state income tax. Mm -hmm. So with the building going and on, the freedom of life that may and the be freedom different. and mm -hmm. right, a freedom of life that may be mm -hmm. different. So I think that's a good point. But, you know, like we talk, like you said, deforestation, I don't really think of that anymore. I don't I think of maybe uh, a plot of land on I-4 where you're going to see start seeing more bears. I mean, we you know, the funny thing is here and we've mentioned this before. We have more coyotes here now. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is the coyotes, I mean, they're coming from the east part of our county to the western part, which is more of going toward the beach. We see them more in suburban neighborhoods, which means that they are hunting for small dogs and cats. You know, it's just amazing the impact that we can have on a on a, an environment. So I'm glad. But like I said, any wherever you live, I'm sure there are some endangered species. Just be aware of it um, if you can help an endangered species. So maybe it's not twenty five dollars to adopt a minute. Maybe it's five dollars to a local club or agency. Mm -hmm. um, and, but just know that your impact, you leave an impact wherever you live. I mean, here specifically, because so many people I mean, I fish, I generally wade fish. Or I fish off of a bridge or I kayak fish, but I'm not in a motorboat. And a lot of these manatees are getting cut up by the blades. It's always been the case. Yeah. So it's important to recognize that animals, wherever you live, are endangered. And we just want you to be aware. That's all. I'm not preaching, just teaching, just just putting it out there. Informing. Informing. Hey, like I said, not preaching, <laughs> just informing. I think teaching goes better than. <laughs> okay. Need more buzz? We've got plenty more for you on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We call it Pet Buzz Plus. It's the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. So remember, Pet Buzz Plus. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. Dr. Fleck, I know you're going to love this story because I know that you're an advocate of keeping up with information. Okay, it's a reunion story. Okay. Do you remember how I used to cry when I'd see those reunions with the soldiers on television? Yeah. Yeah. And I love those. The dog is whimpering. All of us cry. Yeah. I mean, it's not an army yeah. story, but so um, not such a long time ago, about February 10th or so, Animal Services Officer Brandon Levin 
received a call regarding a stray dog that had been dropped off on a rural property outside of Stockton, California. The caller said the dog appeared kind of old and unwell. So Officer Levin scanned the dog for a tracking chip. And to his surprise, the dog's her name was Zoe. She had been recording uh, missing from Lafayette, California in 2010, yep. 12 years ago. And here's the kicker. She was only 18 miles from her original home. Zoe had been missing so long. The micro company in 2015 had actually listed her as deceased. Can you believe that in their records on their computer? Mm. Even more amazing. The owners still had the same phone number. Now that they lived 50 miles away, they live 50 miles east of where they lived. I love the fact that that owner kept that microchip number. Probably, you know, kept an eye out for all these years for Zoe. And the nice part, after 12 years, they were united. Not only was she reunited with her human family, Zoe had been reunited with her litter mate. Her twin sister. I'll be darned. How about that? The two were adopted together from a local shelter in the Stockton, California area. And she came home to find that she has a new sibling, one that was a year older <laughs> than her and her twin. So Zoe's owner, Michelle, her mission now is to bring Zoe back to health so she can enjoy the rest of her life in her loving home, because that's always going to be her home. And I want to say shame on that woman who dumped Zoe. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. We hear so many of these stories. They just remember the guy, that big news story where the guy dumped the pig and the golden retriever out in front of the shelter. Yep. Or no, it was a Walmart. It was a Walmart in the Midwest. Mm. Craziness. All oh, craziness. Come on. Veterinarians, animal shelters have had pets just dumped in the past. Yeah. Happened to almost every veterinarian, including myself. In the past, I know. Hey, I remember that guy leaving yeah. the two dogs yeah. at the practice. Yeah. And I remember. Do you remember how I tracked him down <laughs> to a bar that he played pool in? And I told the waitress that he better come and pay for his dog. <laughs> I called his uncle who actually lived a few blocks behind the practice. And he told us he kicked him out and then he played pool. He hustled, you know, weekly pool games at a local bar. <laughs> and then I called his parents. I mean, that was a great, that was crazy. Yeah, but how many times have we opened up our clinics in the morning and we find little kitties in a little container Basket or yeah, bucket yeah, or something yeah. like that. Here you go, doc. Take care of these. Now. Yeah. yeah. We usually did, but we certainly don't encourage that now. There's places for it to go. Well, I think that was why it was so interesting last week when we had Michelle Thibault from the ASPCA mm -hmm. and Dr. Christy Hoffman from Canisius College mm -hmm. talking about more people are really trying to rehome their pets yes. than ever before. But you know what? Let's get back to this story because it really is a feel good piece. Very good. feel good. And, piece. you know, that one owner, I'm sure she thought about Zoe over the years. And finally, to get that phone call that Zoe is coming home. And that's that's fantastic. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Welcome to 
Just the facts. Just the facts. Fact or fiction? Just the facts, ma'am. You want answers! I want the truth! So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? (laughs) Taking your pet's poop sample to the vet. I would say that's kind of a juicy topic, but well, we hope it's, it's not gross. too juicy. Yes, that's a great idea. OK, so tell us why this is important. Taking your pet's poop into the vet is really part of the annual checkup as an essential part of your pet's health care plan. Mm. It should be every year. You should do that at least once a year. Some people may think otherwise, though. But keep in mind that any pet at any age is a risk from getting worms and parasites that can be transmitted to people. Having your pet's poop sample checked one to two times a year is really part of being a responsible pet owner and responsible to your family. Hey, you know, I think that's a really good point. So it's the pet owner as well as the other human beings who are living in your house. Yes. Okay. So what's the most important tip about bringing your pet's poop to the vet? Make sure you bring in poop. Really? Sounds silly. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, with with dogs, it's a little easier, but with cats, it can be a little difficult because a clump of kitty urine can often be confused with cat poop if you're taking cat poop out of the litter box. Sure. So it's important to know that cat urine samples will be rejected when checking for fecal parasites. You know, I never thought about that before, but I guess it's true. I mean, if, you know, once it all dries up, it's like, a. oh, let me tell you, all of us veterinarians have experienced this and we have the unfortunate position to have to remind our, our, our cat owners to maybe go back and secure another sample because (laughs) this one wasn't satisfactory enough to do a diagnosis. Yeah. Do you tell them that it's not? Poop? No, we just tell them to go back and get another one. Okay. Make sure it looks more poopy. Okay. So what kind of sample works best? I mean, what should a pet owner bring in? Well, a fresh sample is always best. Um, and we get more accurate results if we try to do that. Uh, but just making sure you bring a sample. Okay. So a sample like within 24 hours. Yeah. Okay. I, I just, to be, to be honest with you, I always, Recommend to people check for the stool sample the day before. Pick one up. If you get one the day of, then throw the other one away and bring the one up. Okay. The same day. So here's another big question. How much poop is really needed? <laughs> this is always interesting. We don't need those big, clumpy, huge amounts of manure. All we need is, is a small amount. So most vets in lab only need this small amount of poop to run a really accurate fecal sample. Okay. Think about the size of maybe two sugar cubes, but you should double check with your vet just to make sure. Maybe your vet wants more. You do not need to bring a whole pile of manure. You know what I think is probably funny now that I'm sitting here listening to this? I'm thinking like, it's one thing if you have a dog like Church, who's like kind of small on the small side, but if you have a... (laughs) large great dane like a mega great dane they're big anyway but if you have a big one i could see the pet owner thinking oh you probably need more poop because it's a bigger dog and they bring more poop in well that's why when we ask people to bring in poop we make a big deal of putting our fingers and thumbs together and say just this much that's all we need okay yeah okay okay so here's another question okay what's the best container for the poop hey 
a container. Make sure you bring in a container. But if you've got maybe an old pill bottle, okay, those are really the best ones. Um, small plastic container, but you know, I'm not sure you really want to reuse uh, a plastic container. No, you got to throw that out after throw the poop was in it. You know, and plastic bags can work too, but probably double double wrap them. Oh, double bag them. Yeah. Okay, okay. So if your appointment's the next day or early in the morning. So, like you said, you pick up the poop the night before. Um, mm-hmm. How do you store it? Because, you know, like, what's the best way to store that poop? Put it in the, in the fridge. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You can't leave it at room temperature if it's hot uh-huh. because it'll start smelling. But if it's cold, you could leave it outside, right? If it's cold, but not freezing. Right, right, right. Okay. That's one thing. You certainly don't want to leave things outside if it's frozen. I don't know how many times we're trying to accurately determine if there's any parasites in a stool sample as we take a hammer. Well, that was was probably when you lived in Michigan, right? No, some people still try to put them in the freezer down here. Oh, gross. Okay. Any other tips? Yeah, this is real important. Label it, especially for bringing more than one pet stool. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're like me, you bring four, you got to make sure you get the right poop with the right dog right Right poop for the right dog okay but let me tell you if we find it in one and they're litter mates and they're all together they probably all have it gonna be wormed okay anything else that's all the flex facts for this week love it that was great information really it was the scoop on the poop it was the scoop on the the poop poop, dr fleck Introducing the new PetBuzz.com website. ThePetBuzz.com. It's got a whole new look. More graphics, great pet pics, video versions of our guest interviews, more of Charlotte and Dr. Fleck, and ways for you to save money. ThePetBuzz.com. It's a whole new look. ThePetBuzz.com. It's not just part of our name. It's our philosophy. Hunter's Healthy Treats are all natural and soft, baked with no artificial preservatives, corn, meat, or soy. So they're even safe for pets with allergies. From our yummy peanut butter hearts to sweet potato recipe meal toppers, every ingredient offers a special health benefit for your precious pooch. Plus, our treats are sourced and baked with love in the USA. Hunter's Healthy Treats, inspired by love. Your pet will taste it in every bag. Online at Hunter's HealthyTreats.com. Hunter's Healthy Treats, another proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Tuesday, February 22nd, the day we recorded this show, believe it or not, for all you guys, it's World Spay Day, an annual event dedicated to raising awareness of spaying of females and neutering of males as a humane and effective way to save animals' lives. You know, this International Day of Action promotes the neutering and spaying of also street dogs, as well as community cats, to help save their lives and to prevent them from reproducing more and more animals each year. Spay and neuter is a humane way to control animal population in contrast to shooting and poisoning, which, as you know, many third world countries do and encourage. We have seen that a lot in Iran. We have seen it a lot in China, especially now with COVID and not only dogs and cats, other animals as well. So how do I participate in World Spay Day? Well, I made an appointment with my vet. (laughs) 
Dr. Fleck to neuter my dog, Church, because Church is eight months old Mm -hmm. and it's not too late. You can spay and neuter your dogs and cats at any time. It just doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. around World Spay Day. Mm hmm. So your dog has stinky breath and as much as you would like to brush your pet's teeth to freshen their breath and care for their mouth, it can really be a pain. Let's face it, they squirm, they try to get away and they gag on the pet toothbrush. Wouldn't you like an easier solution? Well, Tevra Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel is the answer to hassle-free canine mouth care. Use a twist and lick once a week. All your dog has to do is lick the chicken flavored ingredients right off the top of the product container. Featuring prolonged technology, the active ingredients are time-released to combat tartar and plaque, freshen breath, and whiten teeth. To provide your pooch with a healthier mouth and you with an easier dental care session, Tevra Brands Twist and Lick Oral Gel. Online at TevraPet.com. That's T-E-V-R-A Pet.com. And we thank Tevra Brands for being a proud supporter of the Pet Buzz. That's a wrap. So let's give you a preview for next week's show. Next week, we're talking about how to hire a pet sitter and National Pet Poison Awareness Week. Dr. Fleck, Dr. Tina is coming back. Dream Team member. Got to have her. Look forward to that. Special thanks to our guest, Emily Lewis. Of course, we must always thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. Shampoos, skin and coat sprays, sunscreen, ear cleaner and supplements for your dogs and cats. Most importantly, remember we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. The Pet Buzz is dedicated to enhancing the bond between pets and their people. If you and your pets need even more buzz, we're online at thepetbuzz.com and our social media channels, Pet Buzz Plus, the best way for you to engage with like-minded pet lovers everywhere. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. Did you know that humans can give COVID to their dogs and cats? I got the shots to protect myself, others, and my dogs, Morrow, Wally, Hammy, and Church, as well as my cat, Hayden. My pets are my family, and I want to keep them safe. I encourage you to get the COVID-19 shot and the boosters. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese. And guess what? Egg rolls showed up like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org.